0: To Textual Healing. I'm your host, Mallory Smart. This is a pre-chill episode. Blake Wallen comes on, and we get a chance to talk about his latest book, Papal Glow, amongst other things. We get into religion, politics, music, and how anxiety-inducing it is to be a millennial. Amen. Right? We shockingly take it easy as we talk about probably some of the world's most controversial subjects today, which is pretty wild. But that's just one of the things that makes Blake so great. Get ready for some deep talk, and I hope you enjoy the show. I was just, like, Googling you because I was bored.
1: Is it good preparation?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Like, I was just like, should I? I don't usually do that, but I was just like, I was looking at the recording because I start recording the minute I actually invite somebody. I was like, oh, it's been 10 minutes. Let's see what I could do while I'm bored. Fair enough. Uh, I found an article about you, um, oh. a Wheaton College one, talking about how you got accepted. Oh
1: yeah, for Maudlin House. Yeah, that was nice. That was very nice of the college to do that. It was a uh, kind of a kind of a happening poem at the time. A lot of people, uh, I've heard, I've he- I had heard from a lot of people that they'd read it.
0: That's pretty cool. I mean, they yeah. don't usually like do entire articles about like how somebody wrote a poem, so it's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was nice of them for sure.
0: I'm like kind of jealous. You, you definitely got a good write up. Everyone seems to enjoy it. Yeah. Do you know who did the write up?
1: I have no idea who did the write up. I it's a mystery to this day.
0: Cause like yeah, I'm searching all over. Like, who wrote this? Where the fuck is the author?
1: I don't know. I mean, they didn't put themselves forward. Maybe they were embarrassed.
0: Yeah, maybe just, they just, like, really liked you. They wanted to start a Blake fan club.
1: <laughs> yeah, that could be.
0: Like, what would a Blake fan club even be called?
1: I don't know. Blake Blake Club?
0: Yeah, I Blake, feel like we can come club? up with better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's actually good. If you say it, like, first rule, Blake Club is yeah. don't talk about Blake Club. Exactly. God, I can't believe I'm quoting that. Oh, no.
1: No, you're good. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a formative movie. Seminal.
0: It is. Sure. I actually got someone to watch it for the first time the other really? day.
1: Really? How old are they?
0: Um they're they're my age, uh, 30. Wow. <laughs> I know the fact that they missed it. Yeah, I was that's just almost like, what impressive. What doing? Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like did they ever go to college? <laughs> like were they ever a freshman in college?
0: I just want to, like, say, like, in case there is some clueless person out there, we're talking about Fight Club.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because there are morons who won't know. That's, And wow. now I've insulted them.
1: Well, I mean, they'll, I mean, once they see Fight Club, they'll understand, you know.
0: Exactly. Okay, so welcome to Textual Healing.
1: Thank you. Good Do to you be here. Do you want to tell
0: everybody a little bit about yourself so they could join Blake Club?
1: I mean it. I mean, now that you've insulted everybody who hasn't seen Fight Club, I mean, I don't. Would they want to be in it well, still?
0: Who knows? Maybe your club will be like the superior. Is
1: that a prerequisite for the club?
0: I don't know. It's your club, man.
1: That's true. I don't think it is. You don't have to see Fight Club to be in <laughs> Blake Club. Um. So hi, I'm uh, Blake Wallen, <laughs> um, author. Um and uh that's yeah i don't really know how where else to go from that other than author i just i mean it's 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 a succinct description but it's fair
0: so you and i got acquainted however many years ago please tell me you know i think it was like five
1: i five and a half i don't even know
0: yeah and what made well, you no. like, first submit to malton house
1: I think it was January 2015, had to have been, or February.
0: Damn, you know details.
1: Well, only because you visited the campus, like you went to Wheaton.
0: Yeah, I like the coffee shops around there. I'm actually going to go there later today.
1: (laughs) It does have nice coffee shops, for sure.
0: They have a new one, and when I say new, that's very loosely new, It's called My Half of the Sky. Have you been there? Like, I'm not quite sure, like, when you first... Okay. It has the best chai ever. It's amazing. I miss that. That's cool. They're... And this is where we get into, like... They're Christian-owned. So, like... Yeah. I I feel very torn about it, where I'm just like, I can't keep giving you my money. But also... Yeah,
1: exactly. You don't know what they're funding. Exactly. I mean, yeah, they could be funding, like, fundamentalist groups. You wouldn't know about it.
0: I know Wheaton College is a Christian college, but like, do they like lean any way?
1: Um, I would say the the administration is definitely pretty conservative. Um, I don't know how it's been in the Trump era.
0: Yeah, I was gonna so say I conservative is hard to gauge these days. Yeah, I
1: can't really I can't really tell what it's like during the Trump era because I wasn't there during the Trump era. Lucky. So, yeah, I know. I'm sure it was like people were like probably fighting, like fist fighting, because it was already kind of divisive when I was there.
0: I'm sorry, there's um, nothing better than just imagining a bunch of Christians fist fighting. <laughs> yes, yes, You're like throwing their That's like true. really weird books at each other.
1: <laughs> Someone gets hit with uh, some of Theologica. Um,
0: right sure. now, I know that there are some Christians that are listening to this. They're probably feeling persecuted.
1: Nah, they shouldn't. I mean, I think I think you know, feeling I mean you go over you go overseas and you know, it it's like actual persecution of Christians and other and obviously other religions exists. So like it it's kind of cheapens persecution to say that you're being persecuted if you're not. Yeah,
0: but isn't that the party line really with anything American? We like to cheapen just about any. Oh gosh, that's so yeah. true. <laughs> so true. We like to so oh make everything a big deal, and then the people across the seas are like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Really?"
1: That's true. It's very true. We're just
0: like calling like Bernie Sanders communists, and Europeans are like, "What? Yeah, he just seems like he has some left wing ideas."
1: No, it's not even left. It's like center-left. Yeah, left. like... To them. I mean, it's like center-left. Yeah. And to us, it's like left as fuck because we're insanely conservative I mean, here. we you got
0: neoliberal fascists slowly destroying the left. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people know that history of, like, how the left really became closer to the right. Yeah. Historically, true. like, we're not taught that as much.
1: No, I mean people like to keep their illusions about the um, about the left for sure. Yeah,
0: I know. I'm getting like just because the into alternative. Politics.
1: Well, no, it's just because the alternative is so wretched. Yeah. Like the right, you know.
0: Well, what's terrifying is that if we don't start talking about it right now, is we're slowly morphing into the right.
1: Oh gosh! I know
0: that's how Trump happened. People didn't pay attention. Yeah, you know? I'm on your like neutral spaces page too. I'm such a stalker. I'm in Blake Club.
1: No, you're good. <laughs> can yes. I be your president. Yes, you can be. You can be a VIP member. Yes. You, can, you know the the Blake Club.
0: Now all I'm thinking about is that guy who did the fire festival, who also had like a card thing that had like a VIP club in his like apartment. Oh right,
1: yeah. right. Yeah, I remember that. Are you going to be that guy? Well, the, no, the Blade Club is not a scam. Like,
0: Everybody these you know, days says not. that.
1: That's, that's true. That's very and true.
0: And then you slowly find out, like, oh, it was a scam.
1: Yeah. Oh, damn it.
0: I'm trying to think of, like, the most um, recent scam, but no. Trump, Trump sure? scamming
1: his followers out of money?
0: <laughs> yeah. God, is it bad that I actually don't exactly feel bad about it? I was realizing another scam that I read about... I, Who's, I think it was, uh, her last name is Calloway. I don't know her first name, Mm -hmm. but she literally was selling something called snake oil. I know. Oh,
1: I saw that. I didn't click into it, but I saw it.
0: Oh, it's sold Um, out.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's insane. What was it for?
0: A beauty product of some sort, but I think everyone just bought it because they found it hilarious.
1: That's kind of funny.
0: That that's a millennial thing right there. Yeah, that's
1: a very that's a very meme product.
0: It, it would be be like hey check us out. I got a vial of snake oil for $75. <laughs> oh
1: god. And I'm not
0: even making up that price.
1: Yeah, that's not even that's not it's not worth it for a meme. Just go make a meme.
0: Oh, or those people who like to take pictures and like fake jets and everything. That's millennial. Yeah.
1: No, i hate i hate this new trend of like billionaires going into space
0: yeah i i kind of i like how bezos was kind of like his team was shit talking the entire process like he was very bitter It's very
1: funny for sure yeah
0: the space race between billionaires is definitely like is such a contrast to the 60s it's
1: also a contrast to like literally everyone else on the planet, mm-hmm. you know? Like, nobody can leave where they are because of money. And then, like, you know, like... Yeah, it's just, like, whatever.
0: And it's fucked up Is they keep missing the point. I mean, did you watch Bo Burnham's special, Inside?
1: No, I wish I... I need to. You
0: should. I recommend it. I think everybody yeah. does. But um, he has that one Jeffrey Bezos song... It's making fun of him, but I really think it pumped Bezos up a little bit. And, like, I think as hmm. a direct reaction to it, Mark Zuckerberg did that weird flag thing. I don't know if you saw that video.
1: No, I'm, I'm out of the loop.
0: Oh, okay, I recommend checking that out. On the 4th of July, Mark Zuckerberg did, like, some weird, like, surfing thing, carrying, like, the American flag. <laughs> Like it was like a high speed situation and I was like, whoa. They're that's, out billionaireing each other.
1: I know. No, he's just trying to be he's trying to it's it's super American. It's like Washington crossing the Delaware.
0: I think that was know? him. Yeah. He was like, Fuck yeah, America. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. It's
0: kinda out of touch. I don't think he knew how much we were gonna hate him more for that.
1: Yeah, like pretty much I
0: want to see half of us are triggered by the 4th of July And American flags because of the last four years And here he is like, hey, here it is
1: Yeah, this has been I mean, not to bring the podcast down a little bit But this was the saddest 4th, I think, for me
0: Really? Why?
1: Yeah, no, just in terms of the country
0: Oh, yeah, I think most of us are definitely right there with you I want to say last 4th of July was pretty damn depressing too that's
1: true. It, I mean...
0: More people were dying then.
1: That's true. Yeah, definitely. Definitely true.
0: But yeah, it, it was definitely a fucked up thing. I was reading a cool article, though, about the flag and how it's been triggering people and how divisive it's become. And I keep wondering, like, what should we do about that?
1: Mm, I don't... I think that's more of a perception issue, right?
0: Yeah. Like,
1: just, I mean... We wouldn't have such an issue with the American flag if if our, you know, political discourse or, you know, discourse of any kind were better. You know, like, we wouldn't be like, ugh, there's the American flag again. Or we wouldn't judge someone with, like, an American flag, you know, hanging on their whatever stoop
0: or whatever. I never would have until the Trump era came. And I feel like it That's became true. their, like, their version of the Confederate flag. And now, anytime That's I true. see a They've flag, co-opted it. yeah. Or anytime I see a pickup truck and that flag is hanging off, I'm just like, oh no, this is a bad area.
1: Yeah. Well, it's important to, I mean, obviously, there are a lot of flags and symbols, and, you know, it's important to be cognizant of, like, which,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like, far right symbols are being displayed.
0: It's hard to, like, decide In what areas. the far-right symbols are right now because they keep kind of, as you just said, co-opting, like, our well, we're yeah. normal sim- symbols. Then again, I'm not big into nationalism either, but I thought it was interesting talking about symbols. Um, the interior of your book, would you like to tell us a bit about the papal keys?
1: Um, I... Do not know the history of the papal keys. I wish I did, but um, unfortunately, I don't. I think it was something uh, we decided to throw in. Do you know? Do you know the history of papal, papal keys?
0: Yeah, it was something I learned in Catholic school. I wasn't sure if you knew it, based on the fact that you know the book is called Papal Glow, and obviously, there's a lot of history in this, but. Basically, the papal keys are representative of the keys that are mentioned in the New Testament that were supposedly passed on to St. Peter because he's the one who is supposed to be given the keys to heaven. And also, there's a papal claim to dominion over both spiritual and earthly matters, so that's why it's two keys. So, yeah, that's basically why I was wondering if you knew that.
1: The author of Papal Glow should very well know, but he doesn't. (laughs) It's unfortunate.
0: It's a damn shame. It is a damn shame. How is it a non-Catholic writes a book called Papal Glow?
1: Um, That's a good question. Um, So I wanted to tackle issues of historicity and um, Christianity and sort of have it speak to um, the modern American political climate, I guess. Um,
0: Can you elaborate?
1: Yeah. So it's... um, You know, I just wanted to... I wanted to have... um, characters whose um whose Christianity or lack thereof was sort of up in the air Mm -hmm. like you can never really tell which um like what what uh spiritual orientation a certain character has it's a very irreverent book um but it has reverence, at least for for that sort of liminal space between knowing and not knowing. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's um, it's spirituality is close to what you described at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's very um, <clears throat> it's very reverent to what matters. And irreverent to what doesn't.
0: So, do you want to give us a TLDR of it? You know, tell us about Leo and everything. Yeah.
1: So, um, Leo is um, a young British boy growing up in the early 1800s, and he um, stumbles into this conspiracy and is and is co-opted. By this conspiracy to become the next pope,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, throughout the course of the book, he does so. And um, he has a twin sister who thinks about becoming a revolutionary, but doesn't, or not, not like revolutionary, as in, like American revolutionary, but like revolution. You know, like um, wanting to start a revolution. Um, I vibe you. Yeah, and then. Um, I think uh, there's uh,
0: Can you say a little bit like how they kind of how does the reign of Napoleon and everything affect them?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Sorry. So um, You're good. <laughs> so uh, basically what happens is the Napoleon... Um, is trying to seize as much power as he can. At the same time, Leo is starting to become Pope because of the conspiracy. And basically what's happening is um, this conspiracy is trying to make Leo into essentially um, what Napoleon was at the time, Um, you know, which was like this world-beating emperor figure. And... um, via the papacy um which is just kind of kind of a weird way to think about the papacy but not untrue um yeah
0: i don't think a lot of people know the history of the papacy yeah like why do you know it um like as i was going to say like do they teach that shit like in just regular christian schools like do you Learn no. about Catholic stuff? No.
1: No, they didn't teach. Um, they teach like um, up to uh, the Reformation, right? You know, because it's evangelical. Because like Luther. because Sweden's evangelical, so it's like yeah. So you you know you stop at the Reformation pretty much. Hi right.
0: right. hi, that's interesting. What do you consider or at yourself? least for
1: Catholic? What?
0: Religiously, or are you non? Uh.
1: I don't know. I mean, I was, you know, I was talking with my uh my uh college mentor from Wheaton and um he you know, he he kind of said he doesn't know where um where Christianity would place him, right? Like, you know, like where And I feel that sort of lack of placement, you know, whenever I think about Christianity. Because studying it, you know, you can study it and study it. And I really enjoy studying it. Like, I definitely enjoy studying Christianity. But the more I study, the more it just doesn't seem to matter. (laughs) Like, the more it just, the more it's just like, whatever. Like, yeah.
0: So it doesn't really define who you are too much.
1: No. No, no, no. I mean, you just can't... I mean, the people for whom it defines who they are, I find insufferable. I've always found that mindset kind of strange. I was... um, When I grew up um, in Montgomery, Alabama, you know, I was like eight years old and I I would watch NASCAR. Like, I had this huge NASCAR phase and... My parents were like, why do you like NASCAR so much? This is coming from nowhere. And uh, I was like, (laughs) it's like, it's on Sunday. So I would just try to miss church just to watch NASCAR. (laughs) And then I realized I was only watching NASCAR because I was missing church.
0: It's amazing that you're actually able to miss church. That That's a no-no in my family. I had to go all the way until I was 18. Well, it was 18.
1: still a no-no, but I would still try to watch NASCAR. Like, I would still be like, oh, NASCAR, you know, like, <laughs> let me not go to church.
0: I'm sorry. I'm just, like, so wishing I had that excuse.
1: It's pretty funny. It's a pretty funny excuse. Like, I would have to be <laughs>
0: dying, and my dad would still probably drag me to church every Sunday. Oh, oh gosh. The only times we didn't go to church were actually when my dad was sick. And um, he would actually have my mom take us. And by my mom taking us, it was us all pretending to go, but, like, going to the mall instead. Oh, that's funny. Because she knew that we didn't really want to go. That's so classic. And they give out pamphlets at the church. So, like, we would do a drive-by the church on our way home. That's amazing. And she's like, quick, grab one, so we pretend we went. That's... Kind of person, my that's, mom is uh,
1: that's not secular penance, that's secular grace. It's
0: kind of awesome. It's funny because she yeah. says she is religious, but I'm just like, really? Anytime you have a chance not to go to church, you hop on that. shit. Eh,
1: I feel like that's that maybe is the best. Yeah,
0: I feel a lot of baby you know, maybe boomers that
1: is Christianity. are like
0: know. religious no. because it's like the default of what they're <laughs> raised with.
1: That's true, yeah. I feel like Gen Xers kind of had to figure shit out. And then, like, millennials are just still figuring it
0: out. I hear that, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, not the Christianity rate, just kind of like religion is going down with our age range. Oh, it is. Like, it's not just Christianity. I don't think, I'm
1: not sure it's going down in general. I don't think it is, but, like, in terms of our age range in, in this country, it is. Yeah.
0: I, I'm not trying to be Which is mean, not. I don't,
1: I don't know if that's a bad hopefully thing. Hopefully the baby boomers
0: die out soon. They've been really fucking up things oh, in Congress.
1: That's true. It's very They're, true. Or
0: at least they they just get out of office, step aside. I would
1: prefer that. Yeah, I don't want them to... I don't I don't wish ill on them. I just want them to not be in their position. No violent fantasies for you? Like, I just want you. them to not have their job. No violent fantasies for me. Yeah. I just want them to not have their job. Mitch McConnell's fine. I just don't want him to have his job. <laughs> Like, he just should not have his job.
0: I feel like he needs to be in a nursing home somewhere. Like, I'm not quite sure how old yeah. he is, but he looks raggedy as fuck.
1: Yeah. Eh, I disagree. I think I, he's pretty sharp. He's just evil. Like, he's <laughs> just... Like, he's... He's, <laughs> like, he's, 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 he's kind of sharp. He's just evil as fuck. <laughs> like...
0: God, if that doesn't, like, characterize Republicans today, I don't know what else does. Very true. Just evil as fuck. But... All right. Papal Glow, not as serious as we think it is, but serious to a certain degree. It's more satire. I understand the cover, obviously, makes it look very, almost daunting, I would say, because we did Yeah, a little bit. A little bit minimalistic. In the font, I love the font, but now I'm realizing, given the personality of the book, maybe not perfect. What is the personality of the book? Uh, Because one would look at it, like, from the cover and imagine that you were listening to, like, Gregorian chants while writing it.
1: Yeah, that's true. No, I was listening to, like, um, Jonathan Richman and, like, Radiohead.
0: okay. Is that, like, your go-to writing music or, like, where, like, it kind of, like, calms your mind or... Because um, Radiohead, I would not have guessed that one.
1: Yeah. I, uh... What era? What era? Um, the best era. The, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. I
0: hate that you specified because it would have been so funny if you just said... The best era, and everyone would just be left hanging. Like, wait, which was the best era?
1: <laughs> what was it? Ah!
0: Have uh, people like literally searching, being like, "Is the best era listed? Did someone write it down somewhere?"
1: That's true. It's it's a conundrum. That would've been great. <laughs> uh, the uh, um, I also listened to a lot of Lana Del Rey. Which album? Um, you know, I. Uh, probably the one that got me into Lana Del Rey, which is uh, "Honeymoon."
0: That is a good. Nobody picks that out. one. No.
1: It's nobody picks that one, and I'm just like that album's amazing. Shout
0: outs to Lana De- Lana Del Rey. God, I hate that I was gonna yeah. say Atlanta. I was just watching American Horror Story, so put that on me.
1: <laughs> Wait, is there a character named Lana? In... Yeah.
0: American
1: Horror Story, which season? Season
0: two. That's Sarah Paulson's character. Uh, and her name is right. Lana. And the only reason I know that is because um, huh. Jessica Lang's character makes a big deal out of her name every time she sees her. Yeah. Lana.
1: Lana. Lana.
0: There's just, Lana. yeah. And there's like this one like where she does the name game song out of nowhere, and you're like, what's happening? But that's just American yeah. Horror Story <laughs> in general.
1: Yeah, that's true. Where you true. just watch it, and you're like, what's, that,
0: where did I miss this? How did this happen?
1: Yeah, season one was good. Season two was okay. Um, season three, I I think I missed season three. And then I saw season four. Oof.
0: That's that's a no-no season. That's what actually made me stop watching for a while. Season yeah. four? Do you like Freak Show?
1: Uh, I, yes.
0: Well, I won't judge you because my favorite season is season two. I like it, oh. so don't worry. We all yeah, have unpopular season, I mean, opinions here.
1: What? <laughs> Why do you not like season four? I don't know it. I mean, it's pretty harsh. It's pretty harsh. Have
0: to say, it's not my traditional form of campy that I enjoy, and it's not straight terrifying either. There are some just fucked yeah. up moments, and I would almost just describe it as that. Yeah. It's almost like it's fucked up.
1: It's very fucked up. Yeah.
0: I mean, I feel like. As Ryan Murphy has like progressed, he's just become more and more fucked up with the seasons.
1: Yeah, I, I, I did stop after four, but like I I agree, like I think yeah, that's probably true. I'm
0: trying to remember like
1: he's trying to one up himself.
0: Five and six were like just trying to even go more and more extreme, but then seven was apocalypse, and that was the crossover of Murder House and Coven. And that was good Mm -hmm. until the last episode, at which point I was like, no, this is a really shitty way to end it. So I recommend checking it out. Netflix, everybody. And no, not today. Tomorrow, the spinoff of American Horror Story comes on Hulu called American Horror Stories. Yeah. Whoa. Each episode.
1: It's an anthology anthology. Yeah.
0: Like I heard you like anthologies. <laughs> it's
1: the anthology, of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the anthology of anthologies. It's
0: so weird. I don't know how like directly involved Ryan Murphy was like with that. Yeah. But he's been a busy motherfucker. Yeah. But
1: he. I mean, he also did the. Um,
0: he's done a lot this year.
1: Yeah. Didn't he also do the. Um, he has, like, a deal with Netflix. He did the remake of um, Boys in the Band.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. I didn't watch that one yet. Yeah. I have it on my list. I
1: haven't I haven't seen it either. I read the play. The play's interesting. Um, it's pretty... I mean, it's problematic as fuck. But, like, it's... As is a
0: lot of stuff that Ryan Murphy does. But, go on.
1: That's true. That's true. So, um, he's just probably leaning I've, into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, definitely. I feel like the uh um, the play sort of was like formative for a lot of, well because it was like the, you know, the first sort of like mainstream, or at least not mainstream, but like, first widely seen like, gay play, right? Like, it was, like, pretty influential.
0: I mean, I'm trying to remember the year. It premiered off-Broadway. In America.
1: It was, yeah, it was off-Broadway.
0: But what year? I I don't know why I keep thinking 68. I, I could be so wrong. Is that too early?
1: Um, no. I think it's, um, let me look it up. I think it's around there. Um, Yep, that's 68.
0: Oh, damn, that's so cool. I don't know why. I just have 68 in my head as, like, anything that pivotal, like, really happened in America was in 1968. Yeah. So, like, I am just, like, I throw that number out there hoping that that's the year.
1: No, you got it right. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean.
0: I think we're going to have to do, like, a follow-up where you watch Boys in the Band. Yeah. There's
1: definitely, definitely some, uh, uh, you know, problematic aspects to that play. Um, And a lot of critics didn't like it because they thought it was like, um, basically, you know, doing this like, you know, gay, bitchy version of like, Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, I've heard people kind of describe it as like self-homophobic and everything.
1: It yeah. is. It is. It's very self-homophobic, and it doesn't. And it. It's not. It's not affirmative. Is or it's not as affirmative as it should mm-hmm. be. Obviously, and like the the lead character is, um, is not closeted, but like he's intensely self-homophobic. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, wouldn't you argue, though, that that really fits in with the time?
1: Oh, it it did. It did. Absolutely. And a lot of um, and obviously a lot of gay people at the time, you know, saw themselves in in those characters. And, you know, that's um, I feel like special for what it was. But like, you know, we've. Progress past that, obviously. I feel
0: like, to a certain degree, at least back then, I feel like, you know, LGBT people felt like they had to, like, fit within a certain role in order, like, to gain access to the community. Right. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, you almost had to select which Definitely. kind of character you were, almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was kind of like a, uh, like a pick your poison yeah. kind of deal.
0: I like that it's disappearing a little bit. I mean, I feel like we're getting a little bit better with it. I was watching a Netflix movie last night. Obviously, it's for teenagers. But I think it was, like, Fear Night or something. Yeah, I've heard of that. And I thought it was interesting. Like, they had a lesbian romance and everything, and it was totally just, like, normal. And I thought it was cool. Yeah. To like, actually, like, I'd like to imagine my nieces and nephews are going to grow up in an age where it's a little less not strange.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's, no, I think it's, um, I think the culture and like people in general have progressed way past it. The only worry is like that the legislation will start being behind it, you know?
0: Well, I think that's where you start or where I start coming into the, and it's not violent as much, but eventually the baby boomers will leave office, be it death or yeah. changing their mind. <laughs> and I'm I'm fine with the second one. But yeah. So eventually I think we will be able to fix those laws. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I I
1: just I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like I feel like you know the, the the justice they brought on recently, Amy Coney Barrett. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know, her decisions this term have been not that bad, except for the voting rights one, in which case every conservative justice did a terrible thing. You know, whatever. Uh, not whatever, but like uh, it's, uh, it's a, d- this is a different discussion. Um, it's totally fine. But, <laughs>
0: no, but You know like, somewhere out there, though, Stacey Abrams is having the discussion non-stop.
1: Yeah, that's true. We could go on. Stacey Abrams is amazing. She should
0: have been, like, like, chaired queen of the DNC. Yeah. After this election. For sure. She was not rewarded Definitely. at all.
1: No, she should have been. Yeah, she...
0: Like, as we all anxiously She deserves all the praise. Georgia, I think every Democrat yeah. was like, come on, Stacey. Come on, Stacey. You did this.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And it was all grassroots, and it was amazing, and, yeah, it's... Uh, Yeah, she did a great job. Um, But I was going to say, like, Amy Coney Barrett, um, her decisions, I mean, other than the voting rights one, her decisions haven't been that bad. So, like, my fear is that next term she's going to go full ideologue. Mm. Like, she's going to she's going to just, you know, go full Handmaid's Tale. And like, just I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know what what's gonna happen next. SCOTUS term. If if you're if you're thinking about marriage and you want to get uh, married and, and you're queer and you should you should get married this year. So.
0: So we were talking about how your book, not written while you're listening to Gregorian Chance, Radiohead. Shocking. I don't think you listed Radiohead. When you were telling me, like, musical influences.
1: No, did I didn't. Um, what did I list? I don't even remember. Lana Del Rey. The,
0: you had Lana. You had um, Bright Eyes. Bright um, Eyes. Felt. Yeah.
1: In the I 70s. Kind of forgot,
0: did you give me a Spotify playlist, or did you just I list did. songs?
1: No, I gave you a Spotify playlist.
0: Let us look. I have so many Spotify playlists. It's actually getting sad.
1: Yeah, I mean, playlists are great. It's just expedited playlists. You know, you don't have to do the whole, like, um, mixtape deal anymore.
0: Ooh, but I am doing mixtapes now because I have a tape player. Oh, nice. Yeah, my book is coming out, um, and it's a dual uh, release where I'm also going to have it come out on that Hello America stereo mixtape thing. Really? Yeah, that's been a bitch to deal with. I mean, not that I don't like doing it, but it's a lot of recording of my voice. and uh, Yeah, it's still cool, though. Yeah, it definitely is. So I've been learning a lot more about, like, analog and, like, cassettes and everything. I don't yeah. understand the catchiness of it, but, no, I can't find your playlist, man. I'm sorry. As I look through playlists, though, I have I have so many other weird playlists that people sent me. I guess I didn't favorite yours. I'm sorry. <laughs> gosh i know it feels so like mean of me i'm sorry it's hurtful <laughs> I, it was a great playlist i'm gonna have to like search for it i i have like playlists for everyone else who's been on the episode on the podcast oh my gosh i think there's only like a couple people that didn't like claire she didn't send me a playlist and Nick, he didn't send me a playlist. But, you know, it's because Nick Gregorio, with the book that he did with us, I like how I say oh singular. Yeah. He's done two. But with Good Grief, what he did is he has a QR code in right. his book of, like, songs that you can click into while reading.
1: Right. Well, I mean, with his it makes sense. With mine it would just be like, what the fuck? Like... What,
0: like Yeah, like, like is would the playlist, like, the soundtrack of the book be different from what you were listening to while reading the book, while writing the book?
1: I don't even know what the playlist would be. Like, it would be so bizarre. It would be, like... I mean, because obviously it can't really connect to the themes of the book, because, like, the themes of the book are, like, satire about, you know, religion and uh, just, you know...
0: I mean, you could definitely do like religion. a Baz Lerman kind of thing where like That's true. the music does not fit with the era whatsoever.
1: That's true. That's very true.
0: Or would that just be too yeah, that'd out be there? that would be cool. Yeah,
1: no, I think it'd be cool.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just like looking through it because I, I really love this book and it's so different than anything we've actually published. What generation do you think would connect best to this book? Because, like, you know, like, Mm. you're listening to Bright Eyes. You're vibing to Lana Del Rey. You obviously are so millennial. So are you aiming this at them or is this a for everybody book? I can tell you boomers would not Um, enjoy this book unless they have a sense of humor. Intellectual boomers, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think intellectual or, or open-minded, I guess, or open-minded boomers, and then everyone below, I guess.
0: Gen X seems so jaded, where I'm not sure if like. That's true. It. There's
1: too much hope, in, there's too much hope in the novel for Gen Xs. Yeah,
0: they depress the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is cool. I, I love their that. music. <laughs> They're my yeah. like depression soundtrack. I literally have yeah, I could a see. playlist called Sad Boy FM, and that's all—it's all Gen <laughs> X music. Nice. Do you make like sappy playlists like that? Yeah, of course. Any funny titles? Um. Or are you one of those people who just like summer playlist?
1: No, I have one called like Yo Let's Tango, and, and after the band Yola Tango. Mm-hmm.
0: So like what know. do you have on that list? Or is it just that band?
1: Um it's got some. I don't I actually don't even know if it has Yellow Tango on it. It has like um it has orange juice on it, My Bloody Valentine M83, Los Campesinos, Liz Fair, Justin Timberlake, Justice, Coldplay, uh, Ariana Grande, Passion Pit, War on Drugs, Slow Dive.
0: Wow, that mood is all over the place, Blake. Yeah, it's
1: it's uh, it's pretty, pretty wild. It's fun.
0: I dig it. Yeah. Are you like one of those people who like jams to it while driving? I've yes. been like through Atlanta a bit. Your highways scare the hell out of me. Yeah, they're terrifying. Yeah. Like, I'm used to, like, 290, 90 here. I say that to you because you've been, obviously, to this area. I don't know how well you know our highways, but we're so straightforward. Yeah. And yours are like, I think I'm going to die at any (laughs) second. (laughs) That's fair. I've tried, like, merging and everything. I think that people are just going to, like, crash into me at all times.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, it's like the opening scene of Baby Driver, except, you know. You're not, a, you know, I'm not a good driver, you know, like.
0: And potentially no crimes have been committed.
1: That's true. That's true. There wasn't a heist.
0: I mean, I, I don't pretend to know your life. Yeah, Maybe you do. I don't know what your day job it's is. That's fair. Or night job, obviously. Yeah. Wow. I'm just like imagining you doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not the criminal element. I can't imagine you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to imagine.
0: But it's one of those things where, like, have you ever thought, like, if you were going to be like a crazy criminal, what your crime would be?
1: Mm. Probably arson.
0: Ooh, that got deadly.
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't murder anybody. It would just be the building.
0: Yeah, like you make sure it's yeah. clear. What? Who are you setting on a fire? What are you doing? I know, what, exactly. What buildings are you targeting? Exactly. Is this like a backtrack this incriminating?
1: Um,
0: I, the FBI is not on this, I swear. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: no, it's okay. You said what the crime would be, right? So it's
0: fine. Yeah. Exactly. Would be, NSA. Would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I'm not out here saying that I would assassinate anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Yeah, of course no. not. See, if we were able to see each other right now, we'd be giving each other the yeah, wink. Yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Like, I swear I, I would swear. not commit this crime while listening to Lana Del Rey. What are you, th-
1: what are you, what are you talking Ray. about, Arson?
0: <laughs> Just, like, have a badass soundtrack of Bright Eyes. I know just like the mellowest bright eyes music you can while (laughs) setting an insane fire yeah be like this is my mood bitches
1: or uh uh
0: I just want Norman fucking Rockwell yeah like just playing in the background as you set sign on fire maybe like
1: yeah that's fair
0: listening to California or something yeah how do you feel about that album you dig
1: or no? Norman fucking Rockwell? That's my favorite.
0: Hell yeah. I dislike Chemtrails.
1: Yeah, I thought Chemtrails was pretty good. Um, I don't...
0: Underwhelming compared to Norman fucking Rockwell. I guess,
1: but I mean, I think it's part of a larger project, you know, like I think it's, I'm seeing her discography as more of an evolution and progression than i did before norman fucking rockwell like because everything led to norman fucking rockwell right like everything she was working on was leading towards that album and then that album was like amazing and everything afterwards is going to be splintering off of that album which isn't a bad thing it's just a natural progression
0: what genre do you consider her Because I've never been able to really decide, because a lot of her albums, as you just said, like, they kind of progress, so they're not always the same sound, like, they're just constantly evolving. I
1: don't know, classic rock, Bond themes, Ooh. I don't know.
0: <laughs> now I just want to, like, make you make a Lana Del Rey yeah. playlist and name it. I want to know what you're going to name it. Uh, like, Born to Die. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no. I'd name it Bond theme.
0: Uh, okay. Sounds bond theme
1: good. variations. No, I just... I love her. <laughs> no, she's great. She's great. Um, have you read her poetry? She's
0: been working with... No, I haven't.
1: Um, Yeah, it's pretty good. I enjoyed I it. I didn't
0: know she wrote poetry. I mean, yeah. she's amazing with the songs, so that would imply that her poetry would be good, yeah. too, hopefully.
1: Um, I didn't really it? like the haikus. I liked the longer poems.
0: She is like a direct intersection of literature and music. That's awesome. Yeah. You don't get that too often. No. No, you don't. Well, unless you think like maybe Patty Smith or something. That's
1: that's very true.
0: So where do you find her poetry? Like you legit just Google it is a name. Yeah, I
1: mean it's the. Um...
0: Does she have a collection?
1: Yeah, she does. Her debut dropped last year through FSG, actually. Yeah.
0: Well, she has another studio album coming out this year. Yeah.
1: Blue Bannisters. She's trying to Taylor Swift it. Yeah.
0: I think everyone associated with Jack Antonoff is, like, trying to have a bake-off right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. The... uh,
0: Like Taylor Swift had him in his like in her basement for the last summer, and now Lana Del Rey's like my turn.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, are you excited about the new uh, Taylor Swift? Uh, let's see, what was it? Red, the Red, uh, like deluxe mm-hmm. edition.
0: No, it's you're funny. not a fan of that um, album. It's such a good album. It's interesting cuz I do feel like it's a big turning point in her that's career true. and I recognize that, but it's not my favorite album. Of what?
1: Hers. What
0: is? Um Folklore. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I think that's it's fair. like one of the best things she's done and a lot of her early music I liked, yeah. but yeah, I guess you can hear the transition in Red so much. And I don't know if you've heard in previous podcasts, but like I've always been pretty on the fence with Taylor Swift. As to like how much I like her, but apparently most Swifties, I think they call themselves, are huge into Red. So
1: I think I think Red's easily her best. I mean, it's like the perfect fusion of like pop and country.
0: That's all I'm saying. Like it's her like in between album. Yeah, like, it doesn't it's her, it doesn't like, feel
1: so it. much like an in between album as it feels like an announcement, right? Like it feels like her really coming into her own. And I guess that's the transition, but, I mean, it doesn't seem like a transition for me.
0: Is there, like, one song on the album that you would say, like, that really makes it feel like an announcement? Because for me, it felt like she was tiptoeing into it.
1: Huh. Um,
0: like, what? what song gave you that vibe? All Too Well. Okay. What about it?
1: I think it combines... Um again, I, I mean again, obviously it combines pop and country, but like it also combined like the songwriting from her earlier days and sort of refined it towards pop, right? Like it was mm-hmm. it's always like before it had always seemed um maybe you know, naive or or playing with pop, but this is this is this was her like being like, no, this is a pop song. I don't know.
0: I, I have to re-listen to it. I'll do some Taylor Swift time. And also, obviously, after the, this.
1: the hits on that album are really good as well. That was just that's just my I mean, favorite. I feel deep like cut.
0: any Taylor Swift hit, I'm never gonna turn yeah. off. You know, like as I said, like on the fence, but I would never turn her off. Like she's she's a great musician. I will always recognize that. I think, like, she's a mood. You have to be in the Taylor Swift Yeah, well, I feel like
1: Lana's the same way. I mean, Lana's definitely a mood as well, you know?
0: Oh, definitely. It's so fascinating when you consider, like, I can imagine Lana and then Lord being the same mood, and so it makes sense that they have the same producer, Jack Antonoff, but Taylor Swift has another mood. So it's almost strange how they all have the same guy working with Well, I mean,
1: Jack Antonoff is working with Claro, too. Is he? Yeah.
0: He's working with fucking everybody.
1: Yeah, he is. He uh for the new Claro album that's out in like what August, September. I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: That tiny dude could do it all, can he? Yeah. I just like he's wish I had that the energy. Best producer
1: right now, probably. I don't know.
0: You know, it's like he's always working, and that's like a thing. I'm, I envy you too, because you're always working. Like for me, I I need like peace, like a break from the creative process at yeah. times where, like, I think it's been four years since my last book came out, because I just, I couldn't put words out there, but you're working on stuff all the time. Yeah. I mean...
1: I mean, constantly, yeah, pretty much.
0: What was it that you were telling me that you're working on now?
1: Um, I'm working on a um, another novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's like a fantasy novel, um, sci-fi fantasy type deal.
0: That's a pivot. Yeah. I dig it. Um. It's good not to like keep yourself like stuck in one brand. I think that's a mistake a lot of people our age make.
1: Yeah, that's true. But what's it about? Um
0: or is it too early in the stages to like define it?
1: No, I mean it's it's uh it's pretty late in the stages. I mean it's uh It's like 250,000 words.
0: Jesus.
1: Yeah. It's a monster. It's Lord it's help it's me pretty... be able to
0: write like you. God, you're my hero.
1: Yeah, it's I mean it's but it's not like it's I just need to edit it though. Like, I just need to. I don't know. But that's I have... like
0: the secondary. Like, is
1: it? Just it's push not. Through. It, I feel like it's yeah. not.
0: I'm one of those like, race through the writing. You saw my book. You saw how little writing, I mean, uh, editing I did when I sent it to you. Yeah. Like, I race through, I make sure it's a good finished product, I edit later.
1: Yeah. Well, no, that's that's what I do, too. I But I have to take, like, a huge break before editing this one because, like...
0: You edit yourself?
1: Yeah, because I edit myself and because, like, you know, it's such a huge undertaking to edit that many words.
0: No shit, yeah. So... Different music listening to while writing that one, or...?
1: I mean... There was a lot of stuff at last fall, so like, um, yeah, I don't know. I did I did listen to a lot of Clara last fall, um, yeah. so you know, so that's why I'm excited about the new album because, uh, yeah.
0: I find myself constantly listening to music. If you see me in person, I almost always have my AirPods in. I'm in my own personal musical, I guess. I'm having main character moments. And that obviously informs my writing. How often do you listen to music? Um Like I'm not a asking, lot. like I'm not asking hours, but a like lot.
1: A lot, a lot. Um, I just went through all of the Mountain Goat's discography, which is 20 albums.
0: That was on the list?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was on the list. Uh, It was, it took me two and a half
0: days with work, so I was... Do you do it or, like, you re-listen to it over and over until you feel like you really got the message? No. No, okay, that's just me. I'm weird. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean I feel like I feel like most most good music music is like really transparent I feel like
0: I feel like I'm the kind of person where I just almost have to like not just like be in it I have to like drown myself with it like I just need to take it all in and like spend days upon days obsessing about it Yeah but I do that with most things All right, that was Blake Wallen, everybody. I recommend checking out his book, Papal Glow, although that might be a conflict of interest for me since I published it. I don't know. You decide. If you'd like to find out more about Blake, check out his Twitter at Thomas Pynchon. As always, if you want to get to know us more, find Textual Healing on Twitter at PodHealing and take a look at our website, textualpodcast.com. If you want to be extra supportive take a look at our patreon where you can help support textual healing and get some behind the scenes content we are available on spotify and apple podcasts and just about anywhere else you can listen to podcasts subscribe leave us a rating a review check out past episodes and keep a lookout for new ones thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed the show